welcome to another episode of the Exercise Engineer. This week I want to talk to you guys about macros. Now I know a few of you might be like what the hell is a macro or you've heard people talking about them but not really understood what they are. Maybe you've heard of them, you know-ish what they are but you just want to know how you can utilize it to optimize your training and your nutrition and your health. So that is literally what this is going to be. We're going to keep it relatively basic. I'm going to keep it to the stuff that you need to know to live a happy, healthy and stronger life. So without further ado, we are going to get straight into it. We have five main categories of food, I would say. You know that plate that we all see at school that's like split into different segments. So you've got your fruit and your veggies, then you've got your carbs and starches, so potatoes, rice, pasta, all that sort of stuff there. Then you've got your beans, your pulses, meats, eggs, fish. That's like our main protein bracket. Then you've got your dairy and alternatives to dairy as well. And then your oils and spreads, which is mainly like high fat sort of foods and supplements as well. So there's, there is an online guide on that. There's loads on the NHS website about that basic how to portion your plate out, but we are mainly talking about macros today. So you've got seven different nutrients and you've got your macronutrients, your micronutrients, and then other nutrients. So under the macros, which are macronutrients, we have carbohydrates, fats, and protein. These are what we call macros. These are the main, like the chunkier bits of food, like the actual food we are eating. Those are the macronutrients. Then we've got the micronutrients, which are from food as well, but they're more like vitamins and minerals, things that are on like a much, much smaller scale. And then you've got other nutrients like fiber and water. Yes, I'm classing water as a nutrient because we need it. We need it to be nutritious. So we're going to start with carbs. What are they? So their main function is for an energy source. This is our main source of energy. Whenever you see marathon runners or long, like long, something that requires a lot of energy expenditure throughout the day, we need to restore glucose and we get that from carbohydrates. So we store carbohydrates in our body, it's stored in our muscles and our liver as glycogen. Um, it helps to also maintain blood sugar levels and you have two different types of carbohydrates and that would affect your blood sugar levels as well because you can have a lot more sugary things. So like your simple carbohydrates like um, fruit, uh, veg, milk, sweets, cakes, biscuits, all that comes under your simple carbs. And then you've got your complex carbs, which is more like bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, all the things that we see as actual carbs and then we have the simple carbs which we see as more like sugary products instead if you will. And then we have like so if the the starchier the carb really we can associate that with a higher fiber food which is also known as low GI so that's your glycemic index. Sorry I had to read that because that just does not stay in my brain. Glycemic index this ranks carbs according to their effect on the body's glucose levels. So it all depends on on the type of food, like the type of carbohydrate you're eating, uh, the ripeness, the process that it's been through. Like, are you eating it raw? Are you eating it from a bag? Are you eating it from a tin? The cooking method, how you've eaten it and what other foods you eat with it. All of those things will affect its GI. So the lower the GI, the lower your insulin levels and suppressed appetite will be. Oh, it will lead to a suppressed appetite, which means you will stay fuller for longer. So I think that's also why we try and 
have a lot of high fiber foods because that, especially when we're trying to lose weight, because it will go deeper into the tract. That's literally what it's saying. It goes deeper into the into your digestive system, which means your hunger hormones aren't released as soon, meaning you stay fuller for longer. That's pretty much a summary of what carbs are. So how many do we need throughout the day? So per gram of carbohydrate, there is four calories in it. So this needs to equate to about half of our daily energy expenditure or our daily calories. So if you're eating at maintenance, we need daily calories in equals daily calories out. So about half of that should be from carbohydrates. Uh, about 45% from your starchier carbs, which are going to keep us fuller for longer, those high fiber foods. And then you've got 5% from more like sugars, but that that's not including fruit and veg. That's, that's more of a guideline of 5%, you can eat some sweets but it should really only be 5%. It also includes things like beans, pulses, whole grain, rice, pasta. Like there's quite a lot of things that come under carbs, but I think when a lot of people are like, oh no, I need to cut out carbs, they, they just think about bread and pasta. But there are, so, there's, uh, carbs have a huge, huge variety. But things like beans and pulses will also overlap with protein, for example, because they are a higher protein veggie alternative. We can talk about those later though. But carbs, super, super, super important, always after exercise to replenish the energy stores in our muscles that we've just used. So one thing I did want to cover is a lot of people can't exercise on a morning because they're like, they're too hungry or they don't have energy, any energy. They need something to eat before they exercise. I used to be one of these people until I learned that actually the body is more than capable of working out on a morning without any food. Because if you've had carbs the day before that morning workout, your body will have stored those carbohydrates in your muscles and your liver as glycogen. So the minute you start working out, they are released from the muscles and you can use those as glucose, as energy for the workout. So as long as you've had carbs the day before, you've got more than enough energy stored in your body to get that workout done. So if that's an excuse that you are telling yourself that you need to eat before a workout, I've just called you out. You don't actually, as long as you've had carbs the day before. If you need it just as like a little mini boost, square chocolate, there you go. There's your, there's your coach telling you that you can have a square of chocolate before your workout. You're welcome. Literally telling you to eat carbs. <laughs> I think the reason people associate carbs with putting on weight, and that's why a lot of people try and cut out carbs before a holiday, is because when you store the glycogen in your muscles, Glycogen holds onto more water, so actually you are retaining more water as you store more energy. And I don't want you to take that as a bad thing and think, oh my gosh, no, I can't store energy because I don't want to be that scale weight. You need to remember that that's not fat that you've put on. That is simply water weight that is attached to your glycogen muscles in your muscles. And the more muscles you have, the more glycogen stores you have in your muscles, which means you can hold on to more energy. That is all that is. You can go for faster, for longer because you have bigger muscles, because you can store more 
energy in them and more water. So it's a win-win situation, really. Just saying. Just saying. But I know I do understand the holding on to water feeling like it can help you. It Well, not help. It, do, it does make you feel a little bit bloated sometimes, a little bit fluffier. But you need to get over the scale weight. And I, this has been... This was a struggle for me for quite a while. I didn't used to eat carbs past a certain time and be like, no, I'm not doing it. Can't do it. Because I used to weigh myself on a morning. In my head, if I had carbs on an evening, they would be stored as fat. That is not the case at all. It's not the case. As long as your calories in is less than your calories out at the end of the day, realistic, like it's realistically over an average as well. So you need to remember that's over the week. As long as you're averaging out your calories in versus calories out, that's what matters. It doesn't just reset at midnight. It doesn't quite work like that. Whereas I think I used to think it did. And the more the more I read into the subject, the more we learn about it, it's a bit more like, no, it doesn't just reset. Like your kebab at 3am isn't are you adding that on to your morning calories? Is that your breakfast? Are, you, are we even counting those as calories? If you if you don't remember it, does it count? Anyway, that's not really for today. But this also explains why people on the keto diet lose dramatic amounts of weight, especially at the start, because they cut out carbs altogether, meaning they don't have any glycogen stores in their body left, meaning the, that extra water that holds onto the glycogen in your muscles is all flushed out. Like all of that weight is flushed out and it's likely that they lose a little bit of muscle in that as well. So it's super, super important to understand how diets work. And I think I'm going to do a full pod on this because just individually going through how each diet works, like yes, ketosis is a thing and it does kick in where you start to use more fat to burn calories or like to use as energy but it's exactly the same as like if you're not if you're not fueling your body with carbs and the only energy source that your body has is fat then of course it's going to use the fat to burn energy or like to to use it as energy because it's the only thing you're fueling it with similar to a fire if it's a coal fire and you put wood on it it's going to burn the wood or like well, I, it's literally whatever material you are putting on the fire, that is what's going to burn. So if you're only fueling your body with fat, of course it's going to burn the fat. And it's not the body fat we need to remember. So once it's stored as fat, it's not physically burning that fat. I think what I used to think when I, I think what I used to think, when I used to go to spin classes before I did my qualification and actually started looking into all this stuff, I used to go to a spin class and think my body was literally sweating out fat. Like how ridiculous does that sound? I don't know. Some of you might have only just heard that and thought, oh, is it not? Like that is totally normal to think that. I think a lot of people think that. But understanding that it is stored as fat and what you, what your body uses as energy, it's not actually using that stored fat. And it needs to go through a process to help break it down. And then it uses that energy. So just to summarize and sort of preach, we obviously everything in moderation. I don't believe the keto diet is for everyone. Sometimes it works. It's worked for a few people. I know quite a few people it has worked for. However, the minute you come off it, the chances are you are going to pile on a little bit of weight, if not more, because you are starting to re-eat carbs, which means your body 
is storing those carbs, which means your body is holding on to more water. So obviously the weight on the scales will go up and people panic and think that's fat, but it's not. Sometimes it can be fat though, especially if you've been on a very low calorie diet and then you start to eat more calories again, your body starts will start to store that if you are eating more than you are expending. Obviously, if you do overeat on carbs, it will be stored as energy. But yeah, don't blame the carbs. I think they're, they, they have got a bad name. They have got a bad name. I used to cut them out because I was like, no, I can't have carbs. God, God, God forbid. No. They are a great, great source of fuel, especially if you are, if you want to go absolute ham on your workout, make sure you've got plenty of carbs in your body because the more energy you've got stored in there, the more energy you can utilize in that workout. Work harder, burn more calories and build more muscle, mainly the workouts. If we are talking resistance workouts though, we are not doing those to burn calories. Just want to reiterate, those are there to build the muscle. All your other activities, I prefer if you did cardio outside, that's the stuff that's going to burn the calories. So that's what we need to focus on. And then post-exercise, you want high GI foods. So those are things like dried fruits, oat biscuits, rice cakes, cereal, bread, honey, fruit, all those really sugary things that are going to hit you instantly and replenish those stores as quick as possible. So yes, that's a big summary on carbs. That is the first macronutrient we are talking about today. The second one we are talking about today is fats. So there is a fat guide. I'm pretty sure it's on the NHS website again. Lots of information on there. Lots of very useful information on there. However, I don't fully agree with all of it, but we will go through the basics of it now. So we have saturates. So there's loads of different types of fats. Some good, some bad, because we, I don't like to call things good and bad, but some have more benefits than others, shall we say. So we've got our saturates, which are from like things like meats and dairy. Then you've got your monounsaturated, which are really good cooking oils. That means they are liquid at room temperature. Then you've got your polyunsaturated, which are more like the plant oils. So like sunflower oil, for example, or avocado oil. Omega-3. So this is where we start to look at good fats and essential fatty acids. So these are things from oily fish, nuts, soya. There are omega-3 and omega-6 in polyunsaturated, I think. I'm not, these, fat is not my expertise. That's why we're sticking quite basic here. I just know that omega-3 and omega-6, omega-6 we get from nuts and sunflower seeds. These are the essential ones that we need and they are really, really good for brain power and helping helping the brain develop as well. And then the one I definitely know is bad is trans fats. And these are things from deep fried stuff. Lots of takeaways have them, lots of ready meals, marge, fast foods, hydrogenated oils, uh, fried foods, just... I, I sort of pulled a face when I said that, but it's, it's because I think the word hydrogenate just doesn't sound natural. And it actually puts me off eating it more, just saying the word hydrogenated. But we'll just leave that there, I think. But yeah, that's how pretty much how the fats are broken up. Need to focus on the omega-3s and your omega-6s. Mainly omega-3. Um, need to remember that those are classed as fats, though. So when we think, oh yeah, I need to get loads of omega-3 in, need to remember that is still classed as a fat. So how much fat should we be eating per day? 
So carbohydrates had four calories per gram. Fats have nine calories per gram. That's why it's so much smaller on that plate of distribution of the food that that 9%, no, not 9%, nine calories per gram of fat, which is significantly more. And it's actually more than alcohol as well, which is about seven. This should equate, the NHS says 33% of your daily intake should be from fats, but I personally would rather fill up on things that are going to fuel me better. So yes, we need fats in our diet. Very, very important. They are, that's why they are classed as essential fatty acids. They are essential to be healthy. However, I think, I personally, and a lot of my clients would agree that filling your plate with a higher volume, i.e. more protein and carbs compared to higher fats on the plate means you get to eat more, which means you're actually more satisfied at the end of the meal. You can actually eat more and get more, I suppose, more nutrients from it as well. So I personally would stick to more like 20 to 30% of your daily energy intake instead of 33. So I think mine averages about between 20 and 25. And that's absolutely fine for me. That works. But it, again, it is just making sure it works for your body. And it, it totally depends on what types of food you enjoy. If you love salmon and avocado, which I do, by the way, I really, really do. It's absolutely delicious. But if you're having that every day, you probably will be hitting more like the 30, 35% because there is such a high fat content in those foods. All very good, all very good for us. And that's why I don't give carbohydrates and fats to my clients as like a breakdown. I let you decide because it is totally down to you. However you feel that you fuel your body the best. I think a lot of people, like I personally would choose a low fat yogurt and eat more of it because I think that's more satisfying maybe, but someone else might eat the, the full fat yogurt and eat less of it because it's full fat and you actually get fuller from eating more calories from the yogurt. Whereas I go for volume, some people choose higher calorie, same. It, it, will, it would work out, balance out very, very similar if you ate half the amount but had full fat. I would just prefer to eat the full thing. I just want to reiterate, eating fat does not make you fat. The amount of people that are like, oh, I can't have that, it's too much fat, it make me fat. Like, like you eat chips and you think it's going to go straight to your thighs. Like, that's quite a common one. It's, oh, that goes straight to my face, that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> I'll go straight to my face. Eating fat does not make you fat. It just doesn't. It can't. Because only if your energy expenditure is less than your energy intake. So if you are eating more throughout the day than you are expending throughout the day, then yes, it will store as fat. But it, it doesn't matter where those calories come from, really. If you're eating more than it, it will store as fat. If you're eating less calories than you're burning throughout the day, but all you ate was fat, guess what? It still wouldn't store as fat because you you are using that energy 
if you're in a calorie deficit and only eating fat, doesn't matter. Your body will use it. So yeah, the fats do also provide energy as well, and they're a really good energy reserve. Um, so we do tap into those, especially for those longer runs or higher intensity workouts. Marathon runners rely on, well, very minimal fat stores. Depends on if you're good at refueling. If you don't refuel and you're on a long run, your body will tap into its fat stores as well. And also fats are super important for transmit transmitting, transporting key vitamins around the body. So the key vitamins that are soluble in our fat are A, I can't really go into more detail about those, but there you go. Fat is good for transporting your vitamins. So reason why we should have them. Okay, that's carbs and fats. We are now going to talk about protein, my favorite macronutrient. I think I might be slightly obsessed, but that's okay. At least I am aware. So what are proteins? So we have 20 different amino acids, also known as AAs, we, that we need. These are like basic building blocks of life, amino acids. So you've got your complete proteins, which contain all of these essential amino acids. And then you have incomplete proteins, which lack a few of them. These are mainly things from plant proteins. But if you piece them together, you can have a meal that has all of the essential amino acids. One I always remember is beans on toast. That is a fully complete protein meal in terms of having all 20 amino acids, which I think is great. And that's why it's just such an elite meal. I don't have it often enough. I really should. I might have some for tea tonight because that's just made me really want some. But you've got your beans and your pulses, which have different amino acids. Proteins also very similar to high fiber foods. They go deeper into your tract. So they aid with satiety, which makes you feel fuller for longer. And they also aid with recovery and building muscles as well. So super, super, super important for veggies and vegans and people who are trying to lose weight, people who, because trust me, you're going to want some high, highly satiating foods when you go into calorie deficit because chances are you will get hungry. That's just how it goes because your body does not have as much energy as it's expending. Therefore, it will send you more hunger hormones. But if you are fueling with high protein, high fiber foods, you will feel fuller for longer. Deeper, deeper important. Okay, so how much protein should we have a day? So I think for the average person, the average juror, a normal amount of protein is one gram of protein every day per, not just one, <laughs> per one kg of body weight. If you are training, however, and you are tearing your muscles and you need them to repair quickly, ready for your next session, I would recommend anywhere between 1.5 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. This equates to about 20 to 25% of your daily goal intake. So either way, you can work it out either way. It is, again, an estimate, so it's not the end of the world if you're a few grams out, but I would make sure you are hitting your minimum. So if you create a range for like 20% of your calorie goal and 25% of your calorie goal and aim for that range, I find that that's really beneficial because 
it's very, I find it nearly impossible to hit an exact number every day. And it's absolutely ridiculous to think that you can, because whatever you're tracking, it's extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely that that is exactly what you're hitting. Like that is the exact calorie that you have eaten that day. And then you're comparing that to your watch, which is also an estimate of how many calories you've burnt. And it's, it is just all a huge estimation, but at least it's something to go off and it does work. And then you look at the trial and error. So if you're, if you've been consistently hitting your calorie target for three or four weeks and you've not really noticed much of a difference, that's when we can sort of play around with it and think, right, okay, should we just drop an extra hundred off that or like increase your steps by maybe 2000 a day? And it's all, that is where the coaching comes into it. So you're not alone. You can discuss it with someone and think, right, okay, that's not working. What can we do about it? Where can we add other stuff in? Where can we remove some stuff? Blah, blah, blah. That's the benefit of coaching. Just talking it through with an expert. Similar to carbohydrates, as I mentioned before, we have four calories per gram for our protein. Similar to carbs, again, fats was up at nine calories per gram of fat. So again, if we have too much of this, it will be stored as fat because you can't use it as energy. You can't, the thing is, it, this is where it differs from carbohydrates. Carbohydrates we can store in our body ready for use the next day or the, the day after that. Protein, we can't store. If we eat too much of it, it will just get peed out or stored as fat, depending on if you're over your calorie target for the day or not. But if we have too little protein, this is where I, I, that's why I say as long as you're hitting your minimum, I don't mind about the max. We can pee it all out all day. Don't mind. There's, there, there is no links with anything negative either. That's all been debunked because it was a crap study. Too little, you will end up having low energy. You're going to have poor resistance to infection and much, much, much longer, like prolonged recovery. So if you're not, like repairing your muscles straight after your workouts, you're going to really, really struggle to get back on it the next day or the day after, or the day after that, when it depends on your workout split. For those in my membership, we do leg day on Monday and then leg day on Thursday. So we have got two days in between for our legs to repair muscle-wise, and that's where the protein comes in. So we need to make sure we are eating enough protein to aid with that recovery. The thing is, when you work it out, it can be quite overwhelming for a lot of people to try and hit even a minimum of 100 grams of protein per day. I think the first time people start tracking and they realise they're only hitting maybe 50 grams of protein a day, it is a bit like, oh gosh, how am I going to get even more than that? But there are so there, there really are so many different types of protein and it's finding what works for you again. So milk, I always choose skimmed milk. Cheese, I always choose like low fat feta cheese. Yogurt, I always choose ski yogurt or 0% fat Greek yogurt. Then you've got things like eggs, you've got whey protein. So these are like shakes. Um, I have a curd with Protein Works. I think it's Lou 15. Maybe it's just Lou. Try all of them. Yeah, like 10, 15% off. Um, maybe it's the exercise engineer. Try them all. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, their shakes are really, really good. I think a lot of people see them as like, oh, I don't want a protein shake, but they're not scary at all. I have one straight after my workout. Then I don't have to worry about thinking, oh, when, when am I going to actually have my meal? When am I going to get my protein in? When can I start repairing my muscles? I don't panic about it. I literally just have my protein shake. And then I usually would walk to work and then that's where I would have my breakfast. So it's all it's all in good hand by the time I've left straight after the workout. And I do recommend you do that as well. It just helps helps the ball rolling. Just get just get it all going. And that's a hundred calories and you get about you get twenty grams of protein, which is enough to spike that um muscle protein synthesis, which is the repair of the muscles and the building of the muscles. Then you also have things like beans, black beans, kidney beans, chickpeas, even baked beans are a great, great source of protein. Lentils, not really my fave, but they do. Peas, absolutely love peas, like just garden peas. They're a great source of plant protein. And then nuts and seeds as well. Great source of protein, very good source of fat as well though. So beware of the high fat and extra calories. I think with portion sizes, that's where it's key. Then you've got things like your red meats, fish, poultry, seafood, all of those. And then all the newer sort of proteins like your corn sausages, your falafel, tofu, and other various plant protein options that are coming out. Obviously, there is so much there to choose from. And I always try and choose one of your favorite meals. Oh, actually, this leads very much into our homework. I'm going to give you some homework, guys. So I want you to aim to eat two grams of protein per day, obviously per kilogram of body weight, every day this week. I want you to eat a high protein source with every meal because that is going to be the best way to get it in. That is That will be the most effective way instead of you panicking late, later with your dinner. If you try and aim for your breakfast and your lunch and a mid-morning snack maybe to all have high protein options in, then I want you to choose two of your favourite meals, like two staple meals that you would have every week anyway. And I want you to alter them slightly to make sure your protein is hitting at least 30 or 40 grams. Like how can you increase the protein in those favourite meals? So maybe a lasagna. That's just a classic out there, isn't it? I would put, add kidney beans to it. To, that would also pad it out. So you've got your mince and your kidney beans. So you've actually got two sources of protein in that. Then you could also put extra cheese in it, but make it low fat cheese or 0% fat cheese. Or maybe you want to use a creme fraiche for the top, but that's 0% creme fraiche. The way that I create my meals is I choose the protein first, choose all the veggies that go with it and then think, mm, do I want some extra bits with it? Like, do I want a dressing on it? Do I want that? I, it's always the fat that gets added last. But fill the plate with your protein and all your veggies first and that will help so much because those are your highly satiating foods and high volume foods as well. You can eat a lot more, than, more of them than fried foods, things with high fat content in. And I want you to share photos of them with me, please. I want you to send me them on uh, Instagram at the exercise engineer. Tag me, put them on your stories, tag me, saying you're too high, high protein meals. Uh, put them in the group if you're part of the membership. 
If you want to be part of the membership, that's also in my bio or on my website. Check it out. So at the exercise engineer. And yeah, if you want to be coached by me, you know where I'm at. Find the train with Lou membership or I do do one-to-one coaching, although I do only very, I only do one or two people at once because they're very, very time consuming. Like I give a hundred percent. If you're willing to give me a hundred percent and you want me as a one-to-one, I'm happy to hear your application. Um, I do just have very limited time. So I will give you a hundred percent if you give me a hundred percent. That's all I ask and no lying. I've got a pet peeve about lying, but we can, we can discuss that later. Just DM me and we can go from there we'll see if we're a good match. And if I don't think I can help you, I will find you someone that can help you. Okay. So I'm just going to leave you with, remember to eat smarter, not less consistently. So what I mean by that is eat smarter, i.e. eat higher protein foods, eat high fiber foods, things that are going to help you feel fuller for longer, things you can eat bigger volumes of, and then you don't have to eat less. So a lot of people, when they're trying to lose weight, they're like, oh yeah, move more, eat less. No, eat smarter. You're welcome. Consistently as well. You need to be consistent with it and you need to do it for a prolonged period of time. Don't think it's going to happen over two weeks. It's a longer period than that. The sooner you accept that this is more of a lifestyle choice than just a fad diet, the easier it will be and the better results you'll actually get because you, you're, you'll enjoy it and the stuff you enjoy, you're more likely to stick at. So enjoy guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please send it on to anyone who you think finds it interesting or someone who needs to hear this sort of stuff. And I will love you and leave you there guys. Bye bye.